Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting with your host, Laura McMahon. Laura will help you regain your sanity by addressing the three most important areas of co-parenting, communications, scheduling, and finances. In addition, Laura brings her practical stepmom life experience each week and invites experts from the divorce and co-parenting professional ecosystem to share insights and answer listener questions. So please, welcome the host of Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting, Laura McMahon. Good evening, I'm Laura McMahon and this is Sanity in Co-Parenting by Kin Crew and I'm coming to you live from the Bold Brave Media Network. If you caught our last episode, tonight's guest will sound familiar to you. I'm speaking again with Melissa Lyle. Last week we spoke about the book Uncharted that Melissa co-wrote along with Tom Slade, but this week we're zooming in on another topic in divorce that Melissa is passionate about, and that is co-parenting a child with special needs. So thanks so much for coming back on, Melissa. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Laura. Yeah. All right. So um, can you give us a, a little quick recap on your both your personal background and also professional? Sure. So my professional background, I started out um, teaching in special education and I was a teacher. Gosh, I, at, uh, at some point in time, I taught every level from kindergartners through age 22 and um, in a couple states in several different districts somewhere during all that time. And after I was a special education teacher, I moved into um, special education programming development at district level in a large um, suburban district here in Texas. And then I made the move to uh, campus level administration in an urban district because I wanted just really to get my hands dirty, right? Um, and as far as parenting, my own experience, um, I, when I was teaching and I um, had my second child, I noticed that that child wasn't hitting some developmental milestones. Um, so I didn't waste any time, you know, because I knew how important early intervention was. And so I didn't waste any time, like I said, contacted Child Find, which is um, a nationwide program that all school districts are required to have, which basically they're looking for kids who might need help to intervene as early as possible. So um, I don't know if you want me to jump into the integrity details of that, but um, that's sort of how those two things came together, uh, you know, for me. And um, okay. Then I'm also uh, what was the name of that program again? Child Find. So it's a federal child program. Child Find. All, okay. Child Find. Yeah, every school district has one. You can just call it and say, hey, I need to talk to someone about Child Find, and they will put you into the right person's inbox. All right, good to know. I hadn't heard of that before. Yeah. Crazy. 
Yeah, and then I, my specific interest where you and I kind of come together is that I happen to be divorced. I've been a single mom for, gosh, about 11 years, and um, that has been a journey all by itself. But parenting a child who had some unique needs, uh, it really required some um, interesting navigation of lots of things, both with um, my child's dad and just within our community and within his school as well. So um, I just have lots of um, insight and my own experience that I'm absolutely happy to share and hope it can help somebody. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that background. Um, I feel like I've already got a great resource that we can definitely share out, uh, with people just in child find. So, um, Mm -hmm. so first of all, my very first question is what is the difference in parenting a child who, who has some special needs versus, or I should say co-parenting versus, not so what are like and I'm sure that this question is really the answer is probably different for a lot of different people but um you know what are the extra things that you need to think about that probably wouldn't even occur to other people to think about um so I'll talk specifically about my situation because um the answer uh that probably isn't super helpful, but that's actually the most correct is it really just depends on the kids, right? It depends on what they need. So I know that with my child by like 16 months of age, we had a speech pathologist and an occupational therapist coming to support our family weekly. We weren't really sure exactly what we were dealing with because, um, because at 16 months, lots possible, but it really didn't matter because there, we had so much time, um, an opportunity across all parts of our lives to support that child and just knock it out if possible. If we were just having some delays to close up, we could do that, you know? Um, But the tricky part was that we knew what it wasn't, you know, we knew it wasn't hearing loss. We knew it wasn't autism, but we didn't quite have it nailed on like what was going on. Um, So I think that that impacted our families and our marriage in some ways that people with children who have typically developing kids, um, you know, they're, they're, they responded to us differently. And I think, um, you know, along those typical timelines when other people's kids are doing certain things and your kid isn't doing those things, like that's, that's a bit of a challenge, you know, things like, well, why isn't your child doing this or what's wrong with them? And those can be, kind of hurt it's hard to hear right and um that can become somewhat isolating right um when you have a partner in that it's one thing when you don't have a partner in that it's another thing so i think the difference in parenting a child with challenges no matter how hard those challenges are it's still like oh my gosh you just want your kiddo to be okay and do everything you can for them and um, sometimes there's, there's a lot of trial and error and learning curve in that when, especially when they're young and this is something that's new. So I think that part is definitely an aspect that a parent of a typically developing child, um, you know, may not ever experience. Right. Um, right. so I think, I think that feeling of being an outlier is already hard, but I feel like that's where single parents and particularly the custodial parent um, faces a really significant challenge um, that two parent, two parent families, um, they kind of have each other to lean on like in those, those hard kind of gut punch moments, you know? Um, right. Right. Um, and and it's, it's a different ballgame for sure. Yeah. Well, there's a whole bunch of statistics out there too, about how having a child that has some special needs, actually increases the likelihood that you'll get divorced in the first place. So that's Mm -hmm. obviously a huge amount of stress on the relationship alone. And then if there are other things going on in the relationship that are difficult, um, you basically end up going down to one parent at a time trying to manage something without their teammate. And that is just, I can imagine that gets really overwhelming. 
And you, you hit the nail on the head when you said teammate, because even for two-parent families, when you have a child who has some challenges, you need a team and you need backup. And sometimes you need to like tap out, you know, and say, I need to get away for a minute and somebody else, you know, take over for a while or have a weekend or just those different things. So um, those, those places where, um, where people don't have that support system, it does get really stressful. Um, and because you're dealing with two things, you're, you're dealing with um, the stress of the, the, the grief or the not knowing, right, in that moment of, oh, my goodness, what, what, do I, what am I dealing with here? And even if you know, you, you know, you have a really clear diagnosis and there's, you know, so many different possibilities there, um, but you don't know what it's going to look like in the future. Um, and then on the other hand, it's in those practical moments of how am I going to get dinner on the table, get everybody bathed and in bed, and then, you know, just what am I going to do tomorrow? You know, so um, that that aspect of having support um, in the situation, I think definitely could contribute um, to some challenges in a marriage. I know um, over the years, I've seen parents who um, have split up because they couldn't agree on what was what was the best way to move forward in supporting their kids, and that just wasn't going to work for them. And I've seen parents who have split up for different reasons, and you know, co-parent beautifully because they put their kids. Right, of course. Uh... Well, we we need to take a, a quick break here in a moment, but mm-hmm. when we come back, um, thank you, by the way, for sharing your your personal experience with all of that. Um, and when we come back, I really want to ask you about your professional experience because you've had years of seeing uh, different situations and through your special education, I think you said kindergarten through 22 years old. Uh, so I'm sure that there's a whole bunch of expertise Uh, in that experience and I'd love to pick your brain on what you've seen there so we'll be back in about two minutes and uh, hang in there have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve do you even know the kind of attention you want or need you are not alone Alice Aspen March is here to help Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. We're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. I'm Laura McMahon, and this evening I'm speaking with Melissa Lyle about uh, successfully co-parenting kids with disabilities. And before we went to our break, Melissa was sharing her personal experience 
on that topic. But uh, now I'm asking her to put her educator hat back on and uh, <laughs> um, share a little bit about what you've seen, Melissa, um, as a special ed teacher or honestly in any of the other educator roles that you've had over the years that could be helpful for people to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things, um, themes that I think through all of this that makes everything better for, you know, the kiddos um, is just being on the same page and having good communication. So it brings to mind um, a kid I had, this student was a kid with autism, great kid. He had a lot of amazing skills. And as he started to reach the end of high school, and I'll call him Sam, that's not his real name, but um, Sam was just delightful and had um, lots of abilities. He'd overcome so many things and he had some fantastic skills that, you know, we started looking at what's he going to do after high school. And his parents were on two completely different planets as far as what they felt comfortable with him doing. So dad was, um, and they were divorced. So dad, dad's idea was he should get a job and he needs a driver's license and he can live on his own and that can maybe live next door or something. And mom was just was looking like deer in the headlights. She could not even fathom that this was coming out of his mouth. And so we just started asking questions, you know, and said, hey, well, what does he do independently right now? And, um, you know, does he make make his own breakfast? Does he have an alarm clock? And her eyes just kind of filled up with tears. And she said, I don't think he can do those things. And, you know, so part of that was getting her to a place where she felt comfortable and saying, but what could we try? You know, what would something like that look like um, where where there wasn't any, you know, possibility that that anything could go wrong, you know, and, and by the end of that year, um, when he left us, this was a kiddo who had gotten, um, Sam ended up with a job at, um, a, an actually a pretty well-known large company entering, um, data 40 hours a week with benefits, had his driver's license and he had moved into an apartment next door to his dad. And so some things like that where, um, Parents have some help listening and staying open-minded um, and support is really focused on their child and, and what's possible for them. Those are the most um, just endearing stories. Like, I, you know, that was years ago, and I still remember it so vividly. So things like that, I think, are um, are important to hear. And um, yeah, that I sounds think, like a major win for that kid, but it also sounds oh, like sure. <laughs> reading between the lines and what you've said, there was a huge support system behind him at school. So he's, <laughs> you know, and it, and it's clear, obviously, both parents loved and cared about him. There was just a level of fear probably between them that was a, right. a different level <laughs> but it sounds yeah. like where he was coming from at the school had a really incredible support system yeah absolutely for sure and you know just some things I think that help um help teachers and educators know how to step into that space to help parents um because it is a little bit of a risk Right. So I think um, teachers really appreciate knowing just how best to reach parents and how um, parents who are divorced manage communication. It's just really hard to know what rights belong to whom. So, you know, things like making sure school has a decree so it's crystal clear for them and school doesn't get stuck in the middle. And um, that's really important. And it goes it just goes it goes a long way in helping everyone feel like they're comfortable um, and nobody's living in this fearful land of gotcha. Right. Um, right. that information would go, you know, would go like in a child's legal folder, which is all confidential, but forever after, after that, you know, school is obligated to follow it. And um, so another story that isn't quite as happy, but I think is the kind of the opposite end of how you can, still function and, and support some kids in situations that aren't as amicable. 
I have a friend who, um, one of the parents who um, was the custodial parent was not the most um, responsible parent. And I don't know how all that stuff went down and how it ended up that way, right? Because, you know, when you're in the educator seat, you know, in the teacher spot, you really honestly kind of don't want to know. In the end of the day, it's like, how can I help this kid and help these parents? And so the um, this, this kiddo would come to school maybe not having bathed, maybe not having brushed their teeth in a while, maybe with, you know, shorts and cowboy boots on and it's freezing cold outside, no coat, things like that. And just heartbreaking, but, you know, telling a parent, hey, just put a bag full of whatever that kiddo needs and take it up to the school, give it to the teacher and say, hey, if, if my child just ever needs this just in case, I want them to have it you know, just so you have something for them. And to me, that's, that was just a beautiful way for um, the other parent to, to be able to let the teacher help the kiddo without it, you know, without having to throw the other parent under the bus. Yeah, for sure. Well, yes. And especially you're not throwing the other parent under the bus in front of the kid, so important. which is yeah. right. Yeah. That's, that is super important. Um, so really what, I mean, I'm pulling a few pieces of what you said out, but the best way to make sure that the support system at the school is there to help is really making sure that they have all the information, like the best way to get in touch with the parents Absolutely. and yeah. uh, the co-parenting order, if that's yes. relevant to them. So they at least understand what's going on, right? Yeah, so, it, it, um, gives, it makes them feel safe in all of that piece of communicating for sure. Right, right. Okay, well, we need to take uh, we need to take another break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking more about uh, the perspective of an educator on uh, children who have special needs who are unfortunately in a divorce situation. So hang in there. We'll be right back. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current current concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. Certified professional coach Pamela Reeves can help you with your relationships. Motivational and image coaching are just some of the ways she can help you enhance all aspects of your life. Her book, Is It Love or Merely a Sick Attachment, helps readers clearly distinguish healthy, loving relationships from toxic ones. Ms. Reeves has put her words into action through Ray of Hope Kenya, an international initiative that provides outreach to victims of abusive relationships there with the goal of helping them rebuild their lives and the tools to avoid abuse. Ms. Reeves operates various business interest through her umbrella network, Nella LLC, and credits her success to her diverse work experience. Whatever your goals, whether striking a balance, reinventing your image, or simply lifting your lifestyle, Pamela Reeves will help you achieve them. Your life, your call. Dial 410-902-5715 or email Pamela at pamreg01 at verizon.net. She's also on the web at pamreeves.com and on Twitter at Pamela underscore Reeves. We're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. I'm Laura McMahon, and this evening I'm chatting with Melissa Lyle. And we have been talking about both some of the personal aspects and then also the professional aspects from the view of a educator uh, on successfully co-parenting kids with disabilities. So, Melissa, I'm going to bring it back over to the, the personal side of things again and ask sure. what were some of the biggest pain points that you have experienced yourself co-parenting uh, a child that has some special needs? Um, that's a great question. Um, and, and over the years, there have been, you know, many 
So um, I can think of at one point in time, you know, within this process, when you're talking about school, every, um, every year the family meets with the school to review the student's um, individual education plan, or we call it an IEP. And that really sets goals and all of the parameters, lays everything out. But what's the plan for the next year going to look like? What are we calling success? Right. And everyone's legally obligated to follow that plan. So it's important and it drives everything else. And, um, you know, so as a special educator, I have a lot of knowledge and understand exactly what that should entail and look like. So there have been times over the years when I've sat in that meeting and or when we've we've agreed on something and what I've seen play out isn't quite or isn't even remotely close, you know, to, to what the plan involved. And so, um, you know, as a parent of a kid with a disability, you, you are also their advocate. And, you know, so there's definitely a way to say, hey, school person, you know, my partner in this, what I'm, can you help me understand what's going on here? This is my understanding, but this is, this isn't what I'm seeing. Can you give me more information? And, um, a great way to do that is to ask for data. But, uh, you know, there have been some times when, um, you know, we got in some situations where what was happening for my child wasn't nearly what needed to be happening to support my child. And so when I started asking questions, um, I had a per I had a campus I was dealing with that, you know, kind of didn't take that well <laughs> and said, well, if you push on this, we're going to look at all of these things, you know, so they were going to look for all these um, larger uh, disabilities. So I was more concerned about um, some language pieces, so speech and language, um, some more finite pieces of that, which um, were really just tough to, to tease out and um, had requested, you know, that they just look at some additional assessment. And the response I got was, well, you know, if we look at that, we're also going to look at, we're going to look at autism as if that was a horrible, bad thing. I said, you can look at whatever you want. At the end of the day, I just want to know how to help him. And, um, you know, so I did contact his dad and I said, this, I, I just need you to come sit with me in this meeting. You don't have, I'll, I'll talk through everything I'm concerned about, share with you what I, what's going on and what, what I think needs to be going on. Um, I just want to go ask some questions and make sure you know, the right things are happening. And um, because in the process of requesting that, I'll never forget it. It was heartbreaking. And once the meeting was over and most of the people left, it was just the principal and myself. And I just finally just kind of started just sobbing. And she looked over and I, she didn't even say anything. And I think that she knew because one of the um, people who would have been doing the assessments that I was questioning took that really personally as if I was questioning their, you know, professionalism or their ability to diagnose whatever was going on when I was asking for some different specific things because I thought we might be missing something. And, you know, when I asked this question, the response was um, something along the lines of, well, or maybe it's because he goes back and forth to different houses and that he doesn't have really the, um, you know, what it's like to live in your house. It was, it was kind of the insinuation. I don't even remember the right words. I just remember how it felt to hear that. And, you know, as a mom who has, gosh, invested so much time and energy and work into making sure that, you know, all the things my child needed were embedded throughout every part of of his life you know so that that all the skills he needed would be integrated everywhere um you know to hear that well maybe it's because you're a single mom <laughs> and you're not doing right. everything you should be doing was oh my gosh it was it was horrible and so after that i just was i just i called his dad and i said i i need you to come and and just you know, be with me in this process because it's, it, it can't be about our situation. This conversation has to shift so that it's about, you know, our child. Um, and, you know, I was, I was very fortunate that he did that. He showed up, he sat there, he said, tell me when you're or not and explain to me what's going on. And, 
um, you know, that, that did make a big difference. And I was, I was really, really thankful for it. Yeah. So to, yeah. again, kind of two big pieces is making sure that you're at least able to be on the same page about some specific things. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you've successfully been able to retain that teammate, even if the marriage didn't work out, you're, you're a parenting teammate. And that's right. something that we talk about so much on the show, um, is just making sure that, you know, you, you created this family, it's family for life, whether you're married or not. And that teammate right. being there is so important. And then the other piece is just really strongly advocating for what you think you need. And I feel like we're just skimming the topic, the the surface of this topic, and I want to dive more into it, but we need to take another quick break. So we'll be back in just a couple minutes uh, with more on this. So hang in there. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale, an international initiative called Nurse Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well-being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the B. BBM Global Network. I'm Laura McMahon, and this is Sanity in Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. And this evening, Melissa and I have been chatting about successful co-parenting of kids with disabilities. And uh, so that leads me right into a question that I'm sure a lot of people who are looking at this process about to go through it have, excuse me, which is... um, creating a personal parenting plan with a kid with disabilities, what are the things to think about? What are the special things that you need to include in that, that maybe wouldn't be relevant um, if, if you didn't have a child that had any special needs? Yeah, there are so many things. Um, One of the things initially that I did um, because I have a lot of knowledge, but when we split up, of course, my ex-husband and I, we just didn't trust each other, right? Because you're going through this process, and no matter how much we agreed that we we were going to be all of these things, right? We're not going to fight. We're just going to make this as easy as we can on everybody. I mean, it's still a divorce. It's terrible. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, right? And so, um, you know, what... Even though I had all this knowledge and he trusted that, he still, I could tell, wasn't always like, well, why are you saying this or what is this about? So I did find some different resources um, that I would just say, hey, I read this book. I thought this was helpful. Why don't you check it out? And and then it was about um, facts or recommendations from experts, right? So I think 
Um, one of those was Divorce the Sandcastle's Way, which I think is a pretty old book at this point, but um, it was great information just as far as keeping the kids front and center. Um, there were a couple of others as well, but that at least um, created a foundation of we're going to agree that we're going to move forward from this spot. And that okay. really helped us to get, yeah, like the specific on um, what we needed to do for our, the kids. Um, so as far as that parenting agreement specifically, um, it should really be driven by the, the specific needs of the child. Just like the school's individual education plan with those goals is very specific toward this, this, that, that child's particular needs, the parenting plan should be the same way. So um, it's a vague answer, but that's like always the answer in my book. So the children, for children with disabilities, um, they definitely need consistent strategies to work around whatever their challenge is, right? So whether that's anywhere from I don't process language or I don't process as quickly as, as a typical child to um, I am in a wheelchair and so how I navigate everything is different. You know, there's and there's so many things in between. Um, so to keep their two houses, at least how they function for that child consistent is super important because those strategies are the things that we want kids to really um, just incorporate into themselves so that no matter where they are, they have a strategy to execute to navigate whatever situation they're in. So that their disability isn't in the way as much, right? It's a workaround. Right. That Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I have to say that it sounds like your personal situation, you are both open to really working hard on those things, um, mm-hmm. like keeping things consistent and supporting mm-hmm. the kid. Um, so in your professional career, you must have seen situations that were, quite frankly, not not that absolutely <laughs> not that great yeah. right i mean there's there are all kinds of high conflict situations where mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't matter how much you truly love your children you are for, for whatever reason really incapable of putting your child's needs above the conflict that you're feeling towards your ex yeah and and that is it's heartbreaking to see, but yeah, sometimes you can tell just, you know, you could tell when a kid walked, you know, came in the classroom that day, um, how their morning had gone. Was it structured or not? And, you know, did they know, did they have the things they needed in a, in a way that, um, you know, was, was, uh, along their, the structure that they usually operate in. So when things, there's not a structure and kids don't know what's going on, like all behavior is communication. That's something that, you know, we always say in, in the language of special education, all behavior is communication. So um, when a kid comes in and throws something across the room, it's usually, my morning didn't go so well. Um, yeah, so some ways um, and some things to maybe include in that parenting agreement that, that can support keeping those things consistent are including um, specifics like different kinds of therapy or tutoring, how you're going to maintain those costs. Um, The calendar for sure is really important because, you know, if the the kid needs to be at at feeding therapy or if they need to be at speech once a week um, and maybe one parent doesn't prioritize that all the time because it's, maybe for whatever reason you know if it's in that parenting agreement that they show up at therapy and the parent who is you know has custody of the child in that moment gets them to therapy that um that's something that is a great idea to include um all those interventions regardless of of what the student or the child is dealing with they're really really important um so we we're working to build, you know, a different neurological pathway as that workaround, like I was talking about. Um, so that solution to the disability, whatever is impeding that child's life, you know, we definitely need to make sure um, that those specifics are included and, and, you know, right there in black and white that that kid's not going to lose access to those because they're at a different house, 
right? Yeah, that does make sense. And probably in that case, the more specific you are, the better when you're setting something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the calendar, the um, in the class, like those are two things that I for sure would. would Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, for sure. And actually, yeah. <laughs> one of the things that you said, which is all behavior is communication, that totally applies to everyone all the time. I was about to say this. <laughs> <laughs> parents included, right? <laughs> right, absolutely. Parents included. Yes. I mean, not just kids. I, you know, I have... I have four step kids. I also am a coach and I've been a teacher in the past and that, that mm-hmm. every interaction I've ever seen, you could probably apply that to. All right. We have to go take another quick break, but when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about some of the resources that are available to you if this is a situation that applies. So hang in there. We'll be right back. The opiate epidemic has reached crisis levels, and with so many families affected by addiction, opiate-related drug overdoses, and death, the time is now to have a real constructive conversation about addiction that could lead to better prevention, treatment, and recovery. Alan Charles, author and keynote speaker on drug abuse and prevention, presents The Alan Charles Show. Alan brings a message of hope, sharing his unbelievable story of surviving a 24-year addiction to cocaine and highlights from his memoir, Walking Out the Other Side, an addict's journey from loneliness to life. His raw honesty and courageous heart breaks the stigma of addiction and offers a unique perspective into the mind of an addict. Join Alan each week as he brings his listeners to a true understanding of the grip of addiction. It is only with this understanding that we can begin to heal. The Alan Charles Show, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of the Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, Hope, and Support for Caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. This is Sanity in Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. I'm Laura McMahon, and this evening, Melissa and I are chatting about successfully co-parenting kids with special needs or disabilities, and... Melissa, you've mentioned a couple of resources that are available for parents to look into so far. One of them was Child Find. Is that correct? Am I saying that correct. correctly? Yes. Um, and you said that that is a, it's available nationwide, basically through mm-hmm. public schools, right? You just have to ask for it? Yes. So it is actually part of the IDEA, the um, the the federal law that created special education. So child find is um, an, just a, a piece of every school district nationwide. They're required to have it. And, and basically their purpose is to help um, identify children in the community that, that might have some, any kind of delay or special needs. Um, and they will assess that child at no cost and get them whatever services that they qualify for. Okay. Perfect. And then yeah. you also mentioned a book, and I know you said there were a yeah. few that you and your uh, co-parent used, but um, what was the, what was the name of that book that you said helped you a lot? Yes. It was called Divorce the Sandcastle's Way, and I have lent it out so many times, and you know it's so underlined in notes in the margins but um everyone i've ever given it to has said thank you it it really is a how-to guide um it's a, it's a fantastic resource and i would definitely recommend it 
Um, not yes. just for kids yeah. with the other child with a disability, but for just managing all of those things for kids. Yeah. Now that you, now that you say that again, I, that's definitely, I've heard of that one. I've seen the reviews mm-hmm. for it. I think it's actually on our recommended reading list that we have published on our site. Fantastic. So, um, good to hear a firsthand review, um, that that <laughs> one was really helpful. Any other s- sort of more specific to, you know, successfully raising a kid with, with any kind of um, special needs in a divorce situation. Mm -hmm. Anything else out there that we should know about? Absolutely. I think one of the smartest things um, that a parent can do, a lot of times there's there's maybe one parent that takes that on when you're married. And then when that couple splits up, now the parent that kind of managed all that maybe has all the knowledge and the other parent really doesn't know all the ins and outs of what they're dealing with. So there's, there's several things I would recommend. And the first is just to have knowledge because facts and knowledge about whatever challenges that your child might have, um, they, they right sizes the fear, you know? And so instead of going, Oh my gosh, I don't know what I, what I'm supposed to do, arming yourself with that knowledge and those facts and, and finding some allies, I think is, is the best way to move forward. And, and it, you know, it takes away a little bit of that stress and panic. So um, a few organizations I would definitely recommend. Um, well, I would find a national organization. There are so many, depending on, um, you know, what type of um, disability or whatever's going on. You know, there's, there's so many different national organizations that have, so many resources just on that one specific disability. So whether that's, you know, autism or cystic fibrosis or, um, my goodness, dyslexia, you know, all types of things. There are people out there um, with a hub with lots of information there and a really, probably a really great um, opportunity to connect with people locally and, you know, starting to build your own team, your own support network of people who have, you know, walk that road before you um, because their experience uh, is, is just really helpful to hear. Um, I know I'm in the you know North Texas area, so some um, different resources that we have here, for example, like, you know, right down the road for me is the University of Texas at Dallas. They have the Callier Center, just nationwide, one of the top um, research facilities and educational facilities for speech and language pathologists. Um, Scottish Rite is, you know, in Dallas, and they are doing amazing work with um, not only prosthetics, which is what they're known for, but also their dyslexia training and programming, um, testing, all of those things. So uh, they're another great resource. I know uh, North Texas, University of North Texas that's in Denton, um, does some, is doing some groundbreaking work with autism and has some specific programs there that are geared towards not only helping to train teachers, but also parents. And then Texas Women's University that is also up in this area um, has some great programming on behavior analysis and and applied behavior management. Um, And then there are some, you know, there's a lot of groups around here of of parents who have older children and they've, 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 you know, they've been down this road before and um, they, they, banded together. There's a group called Nonpariel that's in Plano, and um, it's some parents of kids that uh, once their kids got to age 22 and there weren't additional programs, they created them because they couldn't find what they were looking for. So um, I think there's there's amazing people like that who have created the resources they didn't see, uh, and and getting on the internet and finding reputable and credible groups that are in your area um, will help you build your know, knowledge and a support system and just, you know, kind of your backup team so that you can build your bench a little bit. Yeah. I know that 
you don't actually have to look much further than even Facebook sometimes to find some really great support communities. Uh, but I do want to stress one of those, one of the things that you just said, which is making sure it's quality. Um, you know, yeah. specifically if you're talking about divorce, there's about a million different groups on Facebook that, uh, that our communities focused on divorce, but some of them are super, super negative and seem to be right. um, really not focused on actually being productive with anything, but just a place right. to, to get ugly. And so yeah. doing, doing that background research on the things that are actually going to be helpful is, is really important. So um, yeah. the national organization seems like a great place to start. And then I'm sure mm -hmm. that it, breaks down into the more local organizations as well. But it seems like really the answer, <laughs> the, the quick and dirty answer to that question is that you just need to be proactive and go out and look for it because yeah. inevitably you are not the first person to go through what you're going through, even if it feels even like you're totally by yourself. Like yeah, that's, that's so true. Yeah, yeah. so you just have to, you just have to look. Yeah. And I think you find what you're looking for, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So sure. <laughs> that, that, that all makes a, a heck of a lot of sense. There's some specifics, a few more general, but really just um, decide what you need and then go and look for it. All right, we have to yeah. take our last break here. But when we come back, we'll be wrapping up with Melissa and uh, finishing up our conversation about successful co-parenting kids with disabilities. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Global Glory, that's the work of Dr. Marina McLean, COO of Global Glory, whose calling is to serve God. A first-generation British-born Londoner of Jamaican descent, Dr. McLean inherited the hunger for the word from her father, who was a Bible teacher. Growing up, her home was filled with missionaries from the Caribbean islands and America, and she travels the world preaching the gospel. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in theology and an honorary doctorate of divinity and Christian counseling from Friends International Christian University. Dr. McLean is also a songwriter and recording artist, and her songs are written during summits and conferences in the presence of God. She's recorded three worship albums to date and is in ministry for 28 years alongside her husband, Dr. Rennie McLean, who shares her passion. Visit www.globalglory.org or on Facebook at Global Glory. Call 866-244-5679 and feel the glory. MJ Domit is the owner of Expect to be Empowered, a company whose specialty is empowering people to live their best life by following their heart and accepting themselves unconditionally. After studying and making personal changes, MJ now focuses on giving others tools for self-empowerment. She provides individual and group workshops for people who are physically, emotionally, and spiritually blocked. Inspired by her work at Expect to be Empowered, MJ authored the book Waves of Blue Light, Heal the Heart and Free the Soul with accompanying empowerment cards. She is a Spirit Book of the Year Gold Medal Living Now Book Award winner. And her book is a number one Amazon bestseller in spirituality and was a 2012 gold medal winner recognized as the Living Now Spirit Book of the Year. An inspirational speaker, MJ will show you how you can repurpose every area of your life. Your life did not just happen to you. You chose it, which means you can change it. Visit www.expecttobeempowered.com or call 866-264-8024. We're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Ken Creel. I'm Laura McMahon, and for the last 50 minutes or so, Melissa and I have been talking about all the different aspects and <laughs> perspectives of uh, successfully co-parenting a child with disabilities. And so, Melissa, I just want to ask, you know, it's, uh, I think in the last episode, you mentioned that you had been divorced for about 10 years. So mm -hmm. that's a long chunk of time to have been doing this with a, a child who has some disabilities. So how are things going? So it, it has been a long road. And I have to say, you know, my son is delightful. And he's so smart. And he has always just been, uh, oh, gosh, just such a light. You know, he just lights up a room. And, um, you know, when his dad moved out, he was uh, six or seven. And, um, you know, he... 
his his um, proprioceptive and and language was not where it needed to be. So proprioceptive skills, that's how you know where your body is in space. And um, so he was a little clumsy and didn't speak really clearly and, and had a lot of challenges with organizing what he wanted to say and getting it out, right? So what that looked like on a seven-year-old was what is going on, you know? So um, as a single mom and moving into a new school, it, that part was just a real challenge because people didn't understand him. Um, so getting him involved in things that he loved, you know, instead of parenting for the child I thought I was going to have, I parented the child I had. So he's 17 now, heading into his senior year of high school, already has college figured out, um, is going to study electrical engineering. Um, He still needs a little bit of help and reminders with um, slowing down and things like that. We eventually teased it all out and figured out that he had a rare um, disfluency disorder called cluttering, um, which is really difficult to diagnose. But, you know... um, once we got that information, it really changed everything. And he has been able to be wildly successful, both in school and, and socially. And, and his road hasn't looked like, you know, the other kids his age. But, um, you know, he'll even say to me, you know, thanks for not making me, you know, play football. Or thanks for not making me do what all the other kids did. Thanks for, you know, buying me a bunch of electrical kits and stuff, you know, so um, he's contended for um, being a really successful adult with a lot of grit uh, and determination um, and really good strategies and and a lot of confidence in knowing that um, he can accomplish hard things and that he can overcome challenges, uh, even when maybe some people don't think that he can. He's a really persistent kid, and I think, uh, you know, those those perceived disadvantages um, are actually going to set him ahead in life. So it'll be interesting to see what he accomplishes. That's really awesome to hear, and I especially love yeah. what you said, which is I parented not the kid I thought I was going to have, but the, the kid that I did have. And I think that that yeah. probably can apply to any situation, no matter what, because we all Definitely. kind of have ideals of what things are going to be like. And then inevitably life throws you a, a curveball, or things are just not exactly what you thought they would be. And making that very conscious and aware adjustment or, you know, kind of roll with it attitude can mm-hmm. make such a huge difference and it sounds like it made a huge difference for you and for your son to be able uh, to do what he loves and be happy so that's oh, just yeah. awesome and I love ending on a good note so uh, we are <laughs> wrapping up here um, as always all of the resources that we've talked about today you'll be able to find on our website kincrew.io k-i-n-c-r-e-w.io and uh, i'll definitely be linking over to all of the resources that melissa chatted and shared about and thank you so much for coming back on and talking with me tonight absolutely my pleasure laura thanks so much for just letting me tell my story You bet. Have a good time. So thanks so much. And uh, we will be back next time with Ken Crew uh, Sanity in Co-Parenting. Have a great night. This has been Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting with host Laura McMahon. Listen each week as Laura helps you eliminate potential conflicts by giving you the tools and knowledge to reduce stress and focus on what's best for you and your child's well-being. So tune in each week and become a better co-parent with Laura McMahon's Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting. been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.